0: Hi, all. Just a note before we get started. Today, Gabby and her friend Magda will be talking, and you might hear some of Gab's audio Magda's track that we weren't able to edit out. Unfortunately, that is a result of recording all around the world during quarantine, but we hope that you'll bear with us. So welcome back to Where to Go Next, a show where we talk about where we come from, what it's like to live abroad, and where we want to go next. We hope that our conversations with people who have lived outside of the country where they were born will bring some humorous stories and insightful lessons that we can all take with us wherever we are and wherever we are headed so without further ado buckle up sit back and relax as we take off for another episode hi everyone this is gab and welcome to a new episode of where to go next today we have magda on the phone Um, we met each other almost five years ago in beijing Um, Magda is one of my funniest friends, I would say. Um, And I will let her introduce um, uh, herself to you guys to see how interesting a trajectory she has. So Magda, um, where are you from and where are you now? This is sort of like the standard question that we ask everyone. Hey, Gab. Thank you so much
1: for for this cool invitation. Um, My name is Magdalena, but everyone knows me as Magda. I'm from Chile, uh, but I have lived a little bit everywhere in the world. <laughs> and right now, I'm based in Medellin, Colombia, since uh, for a few months. I've been in Colombia for a year and four months, but in Medellin since January two thousand twenty. Mm,
0: I see. So um, I probably know where you you were before, but I would just want to let listeners know. Um, about your you know where have you been growing up Um, I know when we talked you said you grew up in French schools like French international schools because your dad was a diplomat or something like that and then um, you spent a few years in China and also in Iraq which is like a country that not. you're probably the only person that been to that country that I know so how, how was that like
1: yeah so I was born in Chile but after a few months uh, we moved with my family to Switzerland. My father is a diplomat. Well, now he's retired. Uh, so I grew up in between Europe and Latin America. I, I lived in Austria I, um, during my teenage years. I, I lived in Switzerland, Argentina and uh, Chile. That was during the time my, my father was a diplomat. And then I finished high school in Chile. Uh, so I, I came back from Austria when I was 15 years old. I finished high school and I, because we had this international life, uh, I was in a French school because it was the same system everywhere. Uh, so it was easier f- for us when we moved to, you know, um, just uh, follow the same educational um, curriculum. Uh, and also have French nationality because my grandmother, who I never... I never met was French <laughs> but uh, so I have the French passport but actually yeah I'm, I'm Chilean <laughs> but it was also easier and also because when I graduated from from high school I wanted to study in France international relations uh, in a very specific university I really knew that I, I wanted to go there and so I moved to France and because it was a very international school in between I, I moved to Mexico uh, twice, <laughs> once uh-huh. I went to Mexico, I lived in Mexico City for a year and then in southern Mexico for like eight months for an internship. Uh-huh. And and yeah, so I'm just like telling this in a chronological order because it's easier right. for me. <laughs> then yeah. I, I moved back to Chile when I graduated from college. Uh-huh. Um, and. And I spent there maybe yeah less than a year, and I met my Andreas, who is now my husband. And he was he's also a son of diplomats, and but he is, he grew up in in China when when he was little, and he always loved China so much, and and he was all, always linked to China. So uh, he got a job in Beijing. And even if we were dating for less than a year, I said, yeah, what the, what the heck, <laughs> let's go together. <laughs> and so we moved to China, to Beijing in 2014. And, uh, and, in 2018, after four years in China, I decided I, I, I wanted to go back to my roots <laughs> in terms okay. of like, Uh, I really like working in the field like I was doing that in Mexico and stuff and I I could not do that in China so I went to Iraq (laughs) Uh, just for a few months for like six months I I was in Kurdistan so it's quite different from the rest of Iraq Uh, in Erbil more specifically and then I came back to China (laughs) for a few months because that's where I'm kind of based like my husband is there my family's in Chile so it's a bit weird it's a bit a bit uh it's a weird situation but i have all my stuff there and and then i got a job in colombia so now for a year and and a few months i've been i've been living in colombia and my husband is in china so yeah i, I don't know if it, it sounds very confusing but
0: but uh, i've been moving yeah. a lot last time we talked about this you were like oh it seems quite long for me to stay somewhere over a year's time so what makes you keep wanting to move around? I guess was it because you grew up moving around, or there like, like there's part of your personality just loves moving around.
1: Yeah, I think it's a mix of my background, the fact that I I always moved out a lot because of my parents, but also personality because there are also a lot of children of diplomats who have been moving a lot and then they're like, okay, no, I want to have like a more stable life settle, and I yeah. want to settle down somewhere and they need that. Whereas other children of diplomats are like, they keep moving. And, and also because I think um, they say that we lack like friends and, and people say that we lack like the sense of uh, home. and And it sounds a bit sad, but I think it's true. <laughs> because uh, even when i'm in chile lately i've been feeling more it's more my home but before i was still struggling to to feel it that way because i never felt that i i was fully a part of of chilean society and and then when you're somewhere else even if you feel very comfortable for example when i was living in paris or in mexico or even now in colombia I know it's it's also they're they're not my countries Um, I don't know why I like moving a lot so much (laughs) Uh, but yeah after like I feel like after two years like you need a, a year to adjust yourself and you're excited about the country and you're getting to know the country and then you have another year for me in my case it's like another year to get to know more or deeply or During the first year, you did already all the must-do and must-visit, and then you have the other year to, you know, just more laid back. Uh, So, but there are places that I've stayed for more than one year or two, and other places that I was, um, yeah, for maybe a few months, and I wish I had, I I, I stayed there for much longer. Like Mexico, for example, I love Mexico, and I lived there for a year, and I think I could live there for... For more than two years, you know, it's uh...
0: a... <laughs> so what's so special about Mexico that you really like about that, you know, other countries did not have or could not offer for you? I don't know. I feel it has
1: everything. It's like the people, the culture, the food, the landscape, the history, uh, everything about Mexico, the architecture, and also like the combination of of different histories and... and, and um, uh, I don't know. It's it's. I think it's a very colorful and very intense country. Uh, but most importantly, what I what I most like uh, what I like the most about Mexico was they are so friendly and so nice and so genuine. And I think that uh, the thing that I like about Mexico and about other places is the authenticity. Authenticity. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's the most important thing for me when I go to some, somewhere, I, I like that. I, I I like places that have personality, like um, that they have character.
0: So do you ever think about personal safety when you're traveling around, for example, when you were in Mexico and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, well, in Mexico City, I was uh, actually it was, I was um exchange program with the university there. And when I look back, I feel I did so many stuff that was dangerous. Like maybe I was not careful, not not did. I was not careful enough because it's true. It's it's not a very safe country. Um, But no, I was uh, I was just studying. I was traveling a lot, a lot with friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I did my internship, like two years after that in 2012, I was in southern Mexico and I was working with a UN, UN program. It was like an interagency uh, on peace building and conflict prevention and we worked in communities um, with uh, former par- paramilitary members and a former um, former members of a guerrilla. Um, it, it's called... Well, I don't know if guerrilla is the right term actually, but it's called the uh, Zapatist Liberation um, Army or <laughs> Zapatist National Liberation Army yeah that's the name in English and and it was in, in communities that were like kind of isolated and, and so we had to be very careful but fortunately because we had like the UN cars and it, it was safe uh, but I remember staying in places that uh, you had this train that That goes from Guatemala and it goes up to the north uh, so there's like there was a lot of human trafficking there and and I witnessed some things and i I guess I felt safe because I was with an institution like with the u n but yeah it's the same here in Colombia like here I lived for a year in a in a small town where they killed people like every week and they even shut down a guy uh, um, like downstairs where i lived and also we went to places where there are like armed groups and we know that we had interact with some of them Um, so but again i am with the un here uh, so it was i always felt safe but I know that when I tell this to people, they're like, oh, my God, it's so crazy, like, be careful. But I think it's, I don't know, it's a feeling. Maybe uh, I feel safe, so I, I think I am safe. But sometimes you feel safe and you're not, you know. So I don't know if I've been yeah. very lucky or, or if yeah. I've been objectively safe. I don't know. In Iraq, same. I, I was also with, I, I was with a Swedish NGO that worked mm-hmm. with the UN. Uh, I just knew the precautions I had to to take and I guess so far I've been fine but I have to touch some wood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I I mean I always thought that I was really courageous but just like hearing your story I feel like you have a bigger heart and I definitely admire that. Um, yeah like I don't know I I I think sometimes um, uncertainty or, like, throwing myself into unfamiliar places um, really excite me, but just hearing what you experience, I feel like, I don't know, truly admire your big heart, and I'm also curious to learn about why are you so obsessed with the UN, like, why do you think that is, like, international relations or this sort of thing is the thing that you want to do?
1: I don't know, it's a... Maybe yeah. I I know I wanna um, I, I I like to have this international life, uh, but then I also love being on the field. Um, so that's when I was in China. I think I, I learned a lot from China and it was really defining moment in my life. And but the but there there was something missing, uh, and it was the fact that you know I I didn't feel I was. Um, it wasn't full, I wasn't full, 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 full. Yeah. Fulfilling. Cause I was doing some jobs and I, I was trying to learn Chinese and I met a lot of interesting people and I travel a lot, but then on the professional, uh, aspect, uh, I felt that something was missing. And in the UN, I think like a lot of people tend to, say, Oh, the UN is is so amazing and what they do. And no, I think it's uh it has a lot of problems as well. It's just that for me, it's a platform where I can, I can do the things that I like, and I feel I'm, I'm good. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm better, uh, working in the field than in, in an office. For example, I, I really love to interact with people. Um, so I think I have some kinds of skills. That, I can, that can be a better use in this kind of settings mm-hmm. than maybe in, in an office or in another type of structure, I guess. Because it's like I like the international life and stuff, but I'm actually, I've been living for a year in a very small town. Uh, so it, it wasn't an international life. It's just, yeah, it was, I was in another country, but...
0: Yeah, it just seems to me that you have some sort of calling that, I mean, like, UN does a lot of things as well, but like, you seem to constantly choose to deal with stuff that are with peace and conflicts, which really interests me as a a friend, because I I don't think that was my calling, and I definitely feel like those issues are around me sometimes, but it's just, yeah, I'm curious to know, and maybe you haven't figured that out, or maybe you didn't think about that, but... This is something that i observed from you.
1: Yeah, I think since I was at school, I always wanted to work at the UN and, and be in the field. But then I don't have the kind of ambition that a lot of my colleagues or other people have. They're like, OK, I have to do two years in the field and then I, I want to apply for this other position and I want to go to, uh, I don't know, uh, South Sudan uh, and get the experience there and whereas in my case and I feel it's good and bad at the same time I feel because I think it's good to have ambition uh, or like to be more driven in my case it's more like when I, when I whenever I get bored I'll just quit you know and or I, I don't know if I, I, I want to uh, take a break I'll, I'll just take a break maybe career-wise it's not the, the best um but I just do whatever I wanna do. I don't know if it's a very millennial thing. <laughs> I think it is. Uh but yeah. And also I think because I don't have, you know, children or or high debt or so I can allow myself that it's a very privileged thing
0: as well, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um I think it is a mil- I don't know, Like I wouldn't say it's a millennial thing. I don't think a lot of my friends would say, oh, I can just do whatever I want, but I feel like you're sort of, I really like you. Like I think as a friend, you sort of know what you wanna do and you really take care of yourself. Um, like you said, when you wanna take a break, you just take a break. And I think that just makes you a really holistic person in a lot of ways. But I feel like whenever I interact with you, you're so energetic and pumped as a human being where a lot of my friends just feel really jaded for some reason because they could sense that they didn't really like the life that they have, but sort of it was hard for them to get out of it. Yeah. So I'm, like, curious to know, what do you think traveling means to you at this point? Like you said, um, you want an international life. What do you think that will bring you? I don't know, because I
1: remember... When I uh, I don't know when I was in my early twenties, I really wanted to travel a lot and like go to new countries and things like that. Whereas for a few years I've been like yes I I want to keep traveling and and go to new places, but mostly I want to go back to the places I know I love. So for example, well you you know you know my favorite place in China <laughs> Yangshuo, yeah. <laughs> it's Yangshuo. And I've been there like 10 times. Wow. And, but there are other places in China that I've never been because we always, with Andreas, or every time I had a friend coming or a family coming, like I was always, no, we have to go to Yangshuo. And they were like, but are you sure? Like you've been so many times, like I can go alone. And I'm, I'm like, no, you have to go with me because I know where to take you. And I really love that. Like to show people the places that I love and to have the same kind of amazing experience that I had in, for example, in Yangshuo. Oh, yeah. um, so when I tr- think of traveling right now, for example, that we've been on, on a national lockdown in Colombia since March 20. Mm-hmm. And I think like, oh, I would like to go back to, well, uh, Chile see my fr- fr- uh, family and friends, but, for example, um, Paris, where oh. I studied and I, I really loved this, that city. Uh, Or when I think about going to new places, uh, I don't know, it depends on my mood. It's very random, but I don't have that excitement. I don't know if it's excitement or or that curiosity maybe that I, I had before. It was more of a thirst, like, oh, I have to go to so many places. Now I'm a bit more relaxed and I prefer to go back to places I know. I don't know, but for me traveling, also because I travel a lot and I have friends all over the places. Yeah, so for me traveling it's, it's mostly about the people also. I think it, it's really different when you go somewhere and you don't know anyone there, or yeah. than when you go somewhere else and, and you have a friend and he can or she can show you around. It's, it's a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. So
0: recently I've been thinking a lot about, like, friendships and borderless in a sense. I feel like, you know, like, we are communicating in a language that is n- not, like, native language to any, uh, either of us. But somehow I sort of could get what you're saying, even though sometimes we would, like, each other um, couldn't think of the word that we we're trying to express. And I think that was really interesting. I always feel like I could connect to you more versus some, you know, Chinese people who clearly speak Chinese and I could communicate them in this language. I feel like somehow, like, connection isn't actually formed by your nationality in a lot of ways. I don't think nationality really defines who we are a lot of times. It's more like experience. So I'm curious to know, like, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. uh, And when I was telling you that when I go back to Chile, sometimes I don't feel I fit in there or... Mm. Because... I don't know it's like uh, i have I have uh, i think most of my friends are even the Chileans one they have traveled or they have lived abroad uh or they they are different to say in a sense than than the rest uh maybe i think the for me like the to be open minded is 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 the most basic feature i i I like to, in my friends and also like uh, people who don't judge and, and, you know, like where you can have a very fluid conversation. And I don't know, I feel like our friendship is so special because uh, especially, yeah, when I I was new in China and I think, yeah, you were still in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I I was like twenty four, twenty five years old, so I, I had already graduated and from college, and I had already worked, like had working experience, but I felt we connected so much, you know. And I I I was always always telling my friends about you, and and I was telling like like yeah, she's Gab, she's her name is Gab, and she's in high school, and and she's a Pekinese, like she's from Beijing, uh, like you grew up there. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was so amazing that a Chilean girl who had never been... Like, I traveled a lot, but I've never yeah. been to Asia before. I had yeah. never lived or traveled to Asia before, living in China. So that's another thing that even if I traveled a lot, for me, China, it was completely different because it's a completely different you know, yeah. country and, and everything. And so right. when I met you, yeah, it was really cool to i don't know how we can explain that like that connection and that friendship that we built yeah it's really cool and like we can spend each other without seeing each other for a long time or even without speaking and when we see each other again it's not awkward you know it's just like normal like as i saw you yesterday so it's really cool
0: so um i recently have an interesting thought which i really wanted to share with you maybe it's like specific to my own experience but i feel like chinese people think in a very different way than americans and even than europe i feel like each of these places have its own thought framework and i feel like recently i've hit a point where the u.s way of doing things i like get the gist of it and there isn't like i i have this um sense that i don't have so much to learn about whereas somewhere in europe um there is some sort of like way of thinking out there um that i don't quite get it and it's just so attracting me to go see what's out there right now so i i don't know whether you felt the same way yeah i was thinking also about because now that you
1: were comparing Chinese with Americans, I think uh, it's a very uh, opposite kind of people. Uh, and I think, I don't know if you feel, because you're Chinese and you live in, in the US, but the, the Americans are, are much more confrontational. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about the things that I like in in people Um, I don't know I felt like in China people were more kind and it it was weird because before going to China or they they have this perception of like Chinese are rude or whatever and I never actually felt that I felt that even when people were rude and you would tell them like they were like oh yeah yeah I'm sorry like um, and they were more genuine whereas in the US okay all their your American friends are gonna hate (laughs) me but Uh, I like the fact that they they speak up and that they have personality. I think that's really cool. But I think they're also very arrogant (laughs) and entitled. Uh, In in Europe also, you have that that kind of, like, especially in France. I can say that because I have the French passport, so I can (laughs) criticize them, but they're very arrogant. Um, I think where I feel more, more at ease is in in countries or in places where people are, are more, I don't know if kind or, or more humble. I think that's, that's the word.
0: And how does that compare to like Latin American countries?
1: I think, yeah, it depends. Uh, I, I feel people here are, are more humble, at least in Colombia. I, had, I really had a, a great experience with people. In Chile, I feel we are very arrogant. Uh, also Argentinians have but then it's not good to generalize you know of course right, right. Um, yeah, it's
0: just like really fancy to me to see how like I feel like there is some sort of like national identity there that is sort of built in in some way but I just couldn't figure out what like is it the language or is it like the history um, I'm still like thinking about this but I also feel like it somehow could be transformed like I feel like I'm more arrogant or assertive definitely more confrontational when i'm speaking english versus like the chinese version of me it's more like mellow and like laid back and like chill whatever
1: it's so funny you say that because you know every time i'm like grumpy or i get angry about something like i automatically without even thinking speak in french like i'm oh la la like Oh, you know, I I do the French expressions and also when I, yeah, it's so true and I, yeah, it's, it's like you change personality (laughs) or something. But it's funny that I think that when I speak French is when I'm like criticizing something or, (laughs) you know, being the French (laughs) cliche.
0: I, we have this um, last question that we ask everyone it's a fun one so over the years of traveling what is your favorite food that you like just couldn't forget or just enjoy so much that you wouldn't get um, at home <laughs> i don't know but
1: for example yeah something that i've been craving it's like Kung Pao Ding, it's so cliche, because <laughs> all the foreigners who go to China ask for Kung Pao Ding for Kung Pao Chicken. Yeah. Uh, so it depends on the days, of course. But I yeah, would sure. say that being here in Colombia, where you can find a lot of Western food, and there's n- I haven't found any Chinese like authentic restaurant here so i really miss it or for example the eggs
0: with tomatoes i was gonna say that i thought that was oh my god favorite. i love it so much so much <gasps> yeah yeah it's actually so easy i feel like that's like the first chinese dish that anyone will learn if they ever want to cook chinese food i think
1: i could have that every day like i swear i could have that dish every day
0: yeah. <laughs> all right um i'm gonna wrap up this call but thank you so much for you know doing this interview with us and Again, as a friend, I just r- always love talking to you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. It was so much fun. I, thought, I hope I, I, I wasn't too confusing, you know, with my Latino accent. <laughs> no, <don't> like and...
0: <laughs> Thanks again for Magda. This episode was produced and edited by Mia LA. We want to thank Kate for running our Instagram account. um, And we want to thank family for giving us some really good advice and helping us improving our episode qualities. As always, you can check our description for notes and please reach out if you or a friend want to tell us your stories on this show. That's it for now. See you on the next episode of Where to Go Next. Bye-bye.